Welcome to Questions About Heaven, a podcast about giving Bible answers to our questions about the afterlife with God. Each week we seek to answer real-life questions with biblical answers about the life beyond this world. Now, here's your host, Brad Zockel. Good day to you. This is Brad Zocco, and you're listening to the Questions About Heaven podcast. We're continuing in the book of Revelation in verse uh, verse number 2 of Revelation chapter 13. I finished our last podcast, and I looked down in my review, and I thought we went all the way through about 20 minutes into the podcast, and I was only able to go through one verse. But you see the importance of us being thorough, as thoroughly as we can within this time. I mean, you know, I can spend a whole semester at uh, college or school teaching on the book of Revelation, and indeed, in the past, I have. As a matter of fact, in one class, oh, it's about 15 years ago, the entire class, the entire year was on the book of Revelation alone. And you can imagine how many weeks we spent on something like Revelation chapter 13. But as we go into here, we're going to hit on some points that we can take and study and not get bogged down in so many notes that we forget uh, the, the, the streamlining of the judgment of God against these things going on and also being able to clearly see the Lord openly displaying his sovereignty and his justice and his holiness. I want to thank you, first of all, before I get going. I just really, really am humbled by your encouragement and your love uh, my goodness, I just, you know, as I think about the times that I have been able to in this past year, been able to uh, be able, to, or going around the country and being able to be face-to-face with many of my good friends in places, uh, in Pooler, right outside of Savannah, wonderful, wonderful people that I met there, up in Easton, Maryland, the conglomerate of churches that uh, had us to all together. My brother and I went up there for the Heaven is Home conference a two-day conference, and on the second day, the breakfast meeting was only supposed to go about 35 minutes, and it went for over three hours. People just wanting to know the scripture. Over in Oak Ridge, Tennessee, Knoxville, Tennessee, Atmore, Alabama, at the wonderful, wonderful Cross Point Church uh, under Guy Heath down there. Now, this summer, I'll be going into Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, over into Pittsburgh. And so the reason I tell you this is to let you know, not that, boy, you should be impressed by my itinerary, but that the invitation is open. If you have a group, you have a church, you have a camp. Uh, As a matter of fact, a North Carolina camp is asking if I would come for a weekend for a Heaven is Home time to talk with their campers and their counselors. If there is a desire for you to be able to have us over, if you would like me to come and speak, please let me know. Please let me know. You can write me at brad at theheaventour.org. Brad at theheaventour.org. Love to be able to talk with you. And as I am going through the summer here and arranging different times when I will be meeting, I would be glad to get in the car and drive on over and to be able to see you and to be able to have a wonderful, wonderful study. Okay, now having said that, let's get right into it. We are looking at Revelation 13. In here, this is the introduction of whom you would call the Antichrist. Now, I want to start off by taking you Daniel and Revelation tie together in a magnificent way. They are weaved together. Now, listen to Daniel chapter 7 and verse 7. After this, Daniel has visions. After this, I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast 
dreadful and terrible, exceedingly strong. It had huge iron teeth. It was devouring, breaking into pieces and trampling the residue with its feet. It was different from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. Well, you remember, we just talked about this. Revelation 13, this one has ten horns. When we see this, Daniel is talking about that this is the dictator, the one, Daniel chapter 7, go down to verse 24, that he has authority over the entire world. And in this, we have ten kingdoms represented here. And when you see this, we're seeing it it, it takes it further than the Medo-Persian Empire that is intimated in Daniel's One of the Beasts and the Roman Empire and the Greek Empire. This is taking all of them and surpassing them in its terror and its power as well. And when you look at in the verse 2, we see now the description even further. Now the beast which I saw was like a leopard. His feet were like the feet of a bear, and his mouth like the mouth of a lion. Remember, the word like is coming through. The dragon gave him his power, his throne, and great authority. Now when you see this, think back when we go to Daniel chapter 7. I would advise you, you can stop the podcast right now and read through Daniel chapter 7, and it will open your eyes to this incredible vision by both Daniel and John. One of the final classes I took in my undergrad work was called Daniel and Revelation, and it was one of the most eye-opening classes that I had in my four years before I went on to my uh, successive degrees. That was an amazing, amazing class. Daniel and Revelation, I had no idea that these were tied together, but they are in a wonderful, wonderful way. Daniel, chapter 7, you will see. There are four beasts there, and you see with the lion, we see that. That is the picture of the Babylonian Empire. When you see this, it is that was the lion, that was the Babylonian Empire. But it says here, well, this was like a leopard, but then it says it refers to the feet of a bear. So part of it is this lion, uh, the uh, picture of the Babylonian Empire, the bear, well, we know when we're looking here and through a study that I don't have time to tell you about right now, but we have looked at this, that the bear represents the Medo-Persian Empire, a powerful empire, when the Medes and the Persians gathered together and had a mega empire there. The leopard, uh, the leopard that we see here is the Greek Empire. Many would say because Alexander was so quick that they would show up days ahead of the schedule because he ran his armies so quickly on here. And then, of course, the lion. I think I had already said this. uh, The lion was the Babylonian Empire uh, on that. Now, Daniel then tells you there's a fourth animal in here. And Daniel says, after this, while I was watching in the night visions, a fourth beast appeared, frightening and dreadful, incredibly strong, with large iron teeth devoured and crushed. It trampled with its feet. Remember, we talked about that. And this is what's being shown here. Daniel chapter 7 is talking about this one. Now, I want to say this. Some people uh, will study this and say, well, now, Daniel, uh, I'm sorry, in Revelation, John is talking about this beast of Revelation 13. This really could symbolize an empire. This wouldn't be one person, but an empire. 
but we will see that they, the beast is worshipped. It, it emphasizes an individual, and there's going to be a wound, and there's going to be very personal things. And I think it's very clear, especially when we see in the end, at the very end in Revelation chapter 20, that at the culmination of all this, that the beast is thrown into hell. Well, that's not really with an empire, but it is with an individual. And so it is very important for us to start off by saying, I have a very, very strong biblical uh, confidence that this is an individual. This is not an empire here. Now, just as Hitler represented the Nazi empire, this one would represent the satanic empire, but the individual also has the empire under him. When we see this here, the beast that we see it is worshipped on here through its power. Let's move on. That we notice that the dragon gives him his power, his throne, and great authority. When we see this, this is when we see that the beast is going to be given the energy in this mock trinity, in this false trinity. We have in the Holy Trinity the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Then we're going to see the mockery of this. The dragon will be a mockery of God the Father. The Antichrist will be a mockery of God the Son, Jesus. The false prophet whom we'll see come here will be a mockery of the Holy Spirit. Now, when we see this one, as he is an individual, we do notice this. He is not going to be just a person who comes along and is a fast talker and then makes a deal with the devil. Revelation chapter 11 and verse 7, it tells us, when they finish their testimony, this is talking about the two witnesses. Do you remember this? The beast that comes up out of the abyss will make war on them, conquer them, and kill them signifying this one has come from the pit of the satanic empire. This one is totally imbued with the hellish rebellion against God coming out of the pit here. Now, verse 13, uh, verse 3 of chapter 13, John says in this amazing vision, And I saw, meaning the beast, meaning the Antichrist, I saw one of his heads as it had been mortally wounded, and his deadly wound was healed. And all the world marveled and followed the beast. Now when we see this, one of these heads, okay, a headshot, uh, an assassination attempt, a mortal wound. When we say that word, we're not talking about someone that has had a flesh wound, someone that has had an injury. This one here, is going to suffer in the face of everybody's witness. He's going to suffer a head uh, injury, a wound here. And what happens is there is a false resurrection, a miraculous turn, which would then be also a mockery of the resurrection of Christ. When he does this, we see this, that they wondered, they marveled. And that marvel, when you look in the... Uh, the Greek definitions, it will give you the very clear idea that this is 
the amazement is almost uh, in a description of jaw-dropping, eye-bugging out amazement. They are totally stunned. How can this happen? Well, this certainly does give him the authority that he is this way. You'll see this later on, that uh, this is mentioned down later on in the chapter. This one is going to exercise all of it. Verse Verse 12, it exercises all the authority of the first beast on its behalf and compels the earth and those who live on it. This is referring to the false prophet who live on it to worship the first beast whose fatal wound was healed. So it's in the minds of everybody, but after all, he resurrected. And two, the pagan world at that time, rebelling God. But look at this, we have our own miracle. Why would we worry about your miracle here? They marveled and they followed the beast. And you'll see by the end of the chapter how he's going to make a call of loyalty where they, where they will physically give themselves to them. And when we see this, this is the one who, we said, instead of the Antichrist, the instead of Christ, he is now offering himself as a mockery of the resurrection. There's more we can say, but for right now, let's take this in and let's uh, absorb what we're talking about here as we walk through this description of the one that will come and will take over the world during this time known as, the, the, the time itself is known as the Great Tribulation, the Greek word is thlipsis, the Great Pressure. The pressure on people and the inhabitants of the earth make a decision which will affect them, not just their lives, but their eternity. You're going to accept Yahweh through Jesus Christ, through the Messiah, Jesus being the true Messiah, or are you going to save yourself and your physical life is more dominant and you're going to compromise and go with the Antichrist, the satanic realm. And that's the great pressure for each person on the earth at that time. We'll talk some more about this, study this, and I would also say, go back to Daniel chapter 7 and read that and see the connection between the two. This is Brad Zockel. I really, really appreciate you listening here. And our ministry, The Heaven Tour, our new website will be available to you. It may be available by the time that this podcast is being um, being put out uh, toward in the public here. But if you if it is not available, just write it down and remember this. Our new website, theheaventour.com, C-O-M, theheaventour, T-O-U-R, theheaventour, theheaventour.com is going to be available and which you'll be able to, by keywords, uh, be able to go in and you'd like to know one of the videos that I talked about angels and you'd take that in. Every one that I would talk about angels, every one of the videos will pop up for your perusal. You want to see every one where I talk about uh, the throne and throne, uh, you t- type that in and all of the ones dealing with thrones will be there or feasting or Yahweh the Father and you can have those uh, as accessible. I'm really looking forward to our website being available to you. And so would you write that down? Once again, it is theheaventour.com. And we will be so excited for you to be able to use that. And we'll keep continually adding to that. So it will be a wonderful library of biblical knowledge about heaven. Thank you so much. This is Brad Zockel here at The Heaven Tour. I appreciate you so very much. God bless you, and Lord willing, we'll talk soon. Thanks for joining us this week on Questions About Heaven with Brad Zockel of the Zulon International Bible Institute. Be sure to visit our website, zulon.org, to learn more about our Bible ministry. 
That's xqlon.org. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. And keep an eye out for our upcoming ebook, Questions About Heaven. Thanks, God bless you, and have a great day.